music. I am not overly sensitive. I am not overly aggressive. I'm exactly who I should be. Welcome to Masculinity Now with Arabella Tornau. A big welcome to Masculinity Now with Arabella Tornau. I'm so excited that you've tuned in. And before we embark on our journey together, I want to introduce myself to you in this first episode. I want to talk to you about my motivations, why I started the podcast Masculinity Now, what I mean by the name, and what I want to accomplish with the podcast. I want to share with you the reason why I care deeply about masculinity and why I decided to dedicate myself to working with men. I also want to give you a little taste of what to expect over the next few months here at Masculinity Now with Arabella Tornau. And yeah, I've thought about what I'm going to say and how I'm going to tell it and how much I want to reveal about my own story for a long time, to be honest. But I want to stand in my integrity and in my values. And those are first and foremost vulnerability, love and authenticity. Also when I really have trouble to pronounce it. And I hope very much with that to help other people on their journey. Because my biggest intention for all episodes is that you receive healing from these conversations, consciously and subconsciously, on all levels. I am Arabella, a guide, energy worker, body worker, and most of all, a lifelong student. Before I take you into my past, my heart, and my why, I want to share my current view of life, my beliefs, and what spirituality means to me. I invite you on our journey together to keep questioning everything for yourself and to feel if and where it resonates with you to take what can help you on your path. One episode resonates very strongly with you and the next may not. We all go through life with different experiences, different devils to dance with and other truths. But some are very similar, almost identical. And that's what makes life so exciting and invites us to keep growing. So I ask you to approach listening with an open mind, empathy and compassion for yourself and others. When we stop idolizing spirituality and treating it like a child treats a celebrity, we realize that we all are spiritual and that it's all about unfolding after we've allowed ourselves to be folded in for years. We are all here to heal, learn, evolve, and spread awareness. We all carry soul wounds that program us primarily and unconsciously. We all have trauma within us, which controls us and transcends generations. Therefore, with spirituality, I associate getting to know myself better and better, freeing myself from unconscious programming, unfolding my authenticity, being aware of my inner feelings and intuition, knowing what I want and what I don't want, what I stand for, what my mission is, and above all, what love means for me. It also means constantly surrendering the need to know and letting go of the need to prove my worth and value to anyone. I learned and I'm permanently invited on a deeper level to give that love that I deserve to myself first 
And that self-love sometimes looks like walking away and setting a boundary. And sometimes that is very painful. But more painful is that if you are unaware of the unconscious programs, you keep sabotaging yourself repeatedly because you still believe that love must be painful. And this is a lie that I have held on to for many years. And I am still constantly deprogramming this. That is why for me, spirituality also means holding myself accountable, being comfortable with my own discomfort, and always being invited to be brutally honest with myself. For this reason, healing is a never-ending story, because our unfolding is a never-ending story. But the most essential thing in healing is allowing joy, humor, and playfulness into my life. This is what many people forget on this journey including me from time to time. So humor and vulnerability are very important to me. Along the way, I realized that there is much more to explore about myself and human consciousness. And an important realization for me has been that life is about understanding how to transform lower vibrational emotions into higher ones, raising one's frequency and feeling of what one can create with it. To do this, we need to integrate and accept the parts we have unconsciously suppressed, denied, blamed, judged, and pushed away from us. It's not about saying this is who I am. No, it's about mastering yourself and your feelings, managing them and letting them out in a healthy way. It's also about rewiring yourself and letting go of old programming and belief systems. My life's goal and mission are to reconnect humanity with the frequency of the death of love. And whatever I encounter along the way, I want to connect it as it moves in that direction. This is only possible if I myself reach into the depths of my own soul and bring light to the places that have lived in darkness for years. A big part of my journey has been to find out why I feel so deeply why I always thought my feelings were too much. Unconsciously, I judged myself for this because society told me there was something wrong with me. And I don't want to demonize anyone or blame the system in this podcast. Society is also what we create ourselves, what each and every one of us is. That's why we can only make a difference and change in the world if we start with ourselves. That being said, there are serious fundamental problems that need solutions awareness, attention, change, and most importantly, healing. And that's what I want to do with the podcast. I also want to bring more awareness to deep-seated childhood wounds and wounds from other lives. Wounds that have been passed down from generation to generation. The pain we have allowed society to impose on us and most importantly, what fatal effects this has on our lives and if we don't change it on our children's lives. In elementary school, I was very angry because I was not accepted the way I was. My class teacher came from East Germany and did not get along with my family circumstances. My mother was divorced, self-employed and a single parent. She lived with a man 20 years older than her, who many children called my grandpa. I, short hair, wanted to be more like a boy an only child and without a father, and that in a small town in Germany. 
I've always hated injustice because I came into contact with it early on through my mother's family. I stood up for someone and after the storm settled and the other kids got along again, I was the aggressive one, the weird one. My emotions were not approved. I had to feel ashamed. So I suppressed and denied my anger to be accepted and survive in the classroom because I wanted to belong to what they called an ideal world. Parents who were married, not divorced or separated, and two or three siblings who mainly were big brothers or sisters looking after their younger ones. Starting in second grade, I had detention. I was the only girl in third grade to get a D in social behavior. Over time, the anger migrated into the subconscious. As an adult woman, I was unaware of my inner rage. I couldn't explain where it came from because I rejected this aspect of myself. However, when we reject and thus suppressed parts of ourselves, it does not disappear at all. It just disappears from our conscious awareness. And Teal Swan describes it very well. She says, we have all been socialized and have all gone through this separation process. We grew up accepting some parts and rejecting other parts. From this self-rejection, self-hatred is born. The emptiness we feel is due to these denied, suppressed parts of ourselves. But our soul wants only one thing, to make us whole again. And I can remember when I read this the first time and I could really feel how my whole body was just reading these lines and felt a sense of relief because I finally understood how my soul always wanted and how deep, how deep it runs, how deep our program runs. And yeah, when I look back on my childhood and especially the time with my mother and her boyfriend, I see it as very sheltered, joyful and beautiful. And I only missed something once I started going to school. Nevertheless, drastic experiences have shaped me very much on a subconscious level. And I know drastic experiences have also shaped you on a subconscious level. And for me, this is how panic attacks arose at a later age in relationships, because the mind fragmented these memories to be able to survive emotionally at that time. When we are young, we are so small and to survive emotionally, our mind create those fragments to help us to actually like live. And therefore, I would never ever say that the ego or the mind is something bad, not at all. I just personally feel that it is our responsibility to make peace with those parts and to allow the ego and the mind to heal and to see that it doesn't need to protect us anymore. My mother separated from my father after 12 years of marriage when she came home from work one night and he was again intoxicated. I was three years old at the time. I remember my mother seeing me, ending the argument, putting clothes on me, packing up a few more things and by then we were at the front door. It was literally a fog and night action. My dad pulled on my right arm and my mom pulled on my left arm. They were fighting over me. I don't have many memories of this chapter of my childhood, 
But this memory is burned deep into my mind, and I know now exactly why. This image is metaphorical and historically powerful. First and foremost, it reflects the inner conflict between my own feminine and masculine wounds. More deeply, it represents the intergenerational struggle, betrayal, mistrust, and abuse between males and females, masculine and feminine. This image is so precious to me because it was the only moment my little heart felt complete, wanted, and needed before it was torn apart. That's how it felt at least for a long time from my inner child's perspective. And was I aware of that all these years? Hell the fuck not. If I had known at that time that this picture represented my personal life path, I would have looked more lovingly and more softly at some of the decisions and experiences I had made in the past. But I know that is also part of the ride. The absence, the lack of trust in masculine energy, the lack of trust in myself, the feeling of not being good enough, of being too much, the lack of self-esteem, the thoughts of how can I love and choose myself when even my own father can't. All of that came up again, especially in my interactions with men. And that, of course, was strongly projected and triggered. But we only grow and learn in relationships. We experience our greatest pain in relationships with other people and our greatest healing. My mother had been given soul custody at the time, so I didn't meet my father again until I was 20. Even though we lived in the same city, we never met. When I was 20, he wrote me a letter. I answered him only two years later when I had already moved to Berlin to study. We then met and I was shocked. My father didn't look the same as in the pictures I knew of him. In fact, he was a broken man. We met a few times, but it was already too late to build a real connection. Even though I could feel desperation and longing deep inside him, it was already too late. He was too caught up in his self-hate and self-judgment, and it was very physically visible. One day it escalated between us. I pushed him against a wall and threatened him. The last words I said to him were words a father should never hear from his daughter. A year later, he died from a heart attack. The same place, but on the street. My father's family was originally from Berlin before they fled to my hometown in West Germany. During that time, it was common for women to be raped, as was my grandmother. No one talked about it because you didn't talk about it. It was much more important to survive. When he was three years old, my grandma sent him to her family in Berlin for some years, and he came back to Berlin when he was 18, like me. I know from stories that this time has changed him a lot. No one knew exactly what had happened to him. He was just different when he came back. Today, I know that my father was sexually abused at the time. 
and that caused him to be uncertain of his sexual identity. That's why he led a double life for years. The first years of my time in Berlin were very fun until they just weren't anymore. I drank a lot of alcohol and consumed cocaine. I made a lot of contacts through my work in the music industry, experienced violence and committed violence. Reaching for the bottle, especially when I wasn't feeling well emotionally, was a test of my own resilience. It was a play with fire, a gamble with life that ultimately cost my best friend her life in 2017. The only thing that made Emily and I different back then was that I had primal trust in myself and the world because of my mother's upbringing and her boyfriend's at the time. Even if it was buried really deep, it was there. So in my darkest times, I wanted only one thing, to somehow be close to my father and my best friend. But I always knew inside that it wasn't really me. It was a part of me, yes, but it wasn't me. I wanted to hurt myself because I subconsciously believed that I deserved pain. If I had gone to the medical doctor back then, I'm sure I would have been classified as borderline and given medication for my depressive episodes. Today, I know that the only medicine is myself and that this part of my soul longed for integration and attention. From my current perspective, the answer and cure to 99% of the problems and illnesses is, therefore, simple, not easy. Since my mother and I have a very open and intimate relationship, she knew about most things, but not about the intensity of my emotions and the use of drugs. Therefore, just like my father, I also led a double life for a few years. There was a time when I could not look into my own eyes for more than a few seconds. I was afraid of what I would see. I was afraid of what I would feel and find. During that time, I was also going through a very challenging breakup and realized that in the end, everything had to do with my deepest wound of abandonment, not trusting life, not trusting myself, and most importantly, not loving myself enough. At that time, I asked myself why we exist at all. I had this inner anger and inner hate for life, for the way we treat each other, and I was struggling to find the meaning of it. I remember that moment very well. I was lying on the floor and screaming. I was in pain. I was convinced that there was something wrong with me, where people I love always leave me. I had taken on total victimhood and completely given away my power when something deep inside me suddenly overwhelmed me. An inner voice, an inner knowing said to me, it's not your time to go yet. <laughs> look in the mirror and look at yourself. Look into your eyes. Go on the journey. It's time. That this moment was not only the key to my inner healing journey, but also the catalyst to something greater that I do know now. At that time, I thought I was completely crazy. Nevertheless, I went on the journey and what I have found so far is beyond words. Why do I tell you all of it? Because you can't heal without accepting your own inner feminine energy and polarities. You can't heal yourself unless you turn inward. If you rely on sex, 
addictions, people, things outside of you, money or status, none of those things will fulfill you. None of those things will bring you a feeling of wholeness. You will feel empty inside. You will feel lonely or you don't want to be here on this planet. The only way is to turn inward. Nothing outside of you will bring you clarity, fulfillment, answers, peace, joy, or wholeness. The key to healing is to accept yourself, honor yourself, love yourself, understand yourself, and realize that it is not about someone else. I don't identify with this part of my life anymore, but exactly this time, endless open, honest and vulnerable conversations with men help me to better understand the unconscious forces by which they are controlled. Because I felt those very same forces inside me for years. I have experienced in my own body how guilt, shame, hate, anger and fear can consume one's soul if we continue to run away from them. Acceptance and forgiveness, especially for ourselves, are the only medicine our hearts long for. After the pain and anger dissipated and transformed into acceptance and forgiveness, I wanted to know and understand the source of my father's emotional unavailability. I tried to understand where this deep fear of failure came from before he had even tried being a father. I wanted to know where this deep fear of love and vulnerability came from that I had seen in myself and in the eyes of many men for years. Why do we, as men and women, harm each other, manipulate each other, also sexually, and ultimately spread even more division in the world? Overall, we have grown up in a very wounded society where men have been falsely taught that they must always have it together, just suck it up, show no emotion and be real men. That they are only real men if they are materially successful. Violence has been experienced and violence has been practiced on all levels. This leads to the fact that we as a society no longer know what major, grounded, healthy masculinity feels and looks like. It also leads to women becoming closed off, angry, distrusting men, and disconnected from their own inner source, creativity, and core energy. Most of the men I work with carry this deep mother wound. My father had a mother who was shaped by her own life experiences and emotionally disconnected as a result. It was not the kind of mother who could teach him the necessary standard of warmth, nurturing and love, as she too went through life wounded. When children don't feel safe enough to talk openly about their feelings, wants and needs, it causes an internal disconnect that leads to deeply stored emotions such as shame, guilt and fear which gets stored in the body. In most cases, the result as an adult is addiction and pseudo-connection. Pornography, alcohol, power, drugs, sex, and money. The need for external things to compensate for the inner lack and deep sense of loneliness. Not being shamed for wanting more, not limit how much we can have. And then we enter an endless spiral of addiction 
manifested in destructive and self-sabotaging behavior. In short, this programming causes men to become imbalanced and disconnected from their inner creative and feminine energy. To regain my confidence in myself and in my intuition, I was looking for a male mentor at that time, and I still continued working with male support. From my own experience, I know how powerful, energetic, polarizing, deep, and healing the work between men and women can be. This is also why I focus on supporting men on their path, helping them reconnect with their inner power and thus step into their true capacity and strength, not continuing to feed that distortion. But that's why education is fundamental, and that's what I want to do with this podcast. I see energy more than I see people. So my journey, I have had to learn to build my discernment and trust. I used to label myself naive, but today I know that this is my gift to the world. I see the potential in people, especially in men, and I see what needs to be released to find inner peace and ultimately live at the highest level of potential. So today I work with very select men who already bring a certain frequency to the table. They want to take accountability as and responsibility for their unconscious patterns that cause them to act and react in ways that are not in alignment with their soul. In other words, I support men to live in alignment with their true soul's core values. Do I believe all people can be brought back into the frequency of additional love? <laughs> no. I no longer believe that, nor do I think we all have the same origin. My journey has been to learn this and to set my boundaries as a therapist, empath, and most importantly, as a woman on all levels. We all have a story to tell, which is a significant chapter from my story. I want to bring attention to the fact that we all are not immune to trauma. None of us are. I'm sure I'm repeating myself, but this is really close to my heart. I want to take away the fear and discomfort of that term. But it is our responsibility how we deal with them and our responsibility to heal and not spread more pain worldwide. Hurt people hurt people. Heal people heal people. If you're on Instagram, I'm sure you already know these things. But they hold truth. You are not responsible for your father's or mother's suffering and pain. You are not responsible for the suffering and pain of your grandpa or your grandma. However, you are responsible for yourself, your growth, your soul, your heart, and your children. I wanted to break the cycle. For years, I thought that it was me that I wasn't worth being loved when even my own father couldn't do it. The voice of the inner child, the voice of his inner child, feelings of guilt, feelings of shame. Your conscious mind shifts it, but your body and subconscious mind hold on to it until you dare to take the step inside. Therefore, the podcast is more than just for men. It is for all of us. We all carry masculine and feminine energies within us. We all carry masculine and feminine wounds. We all have been wounded by feminine and masculine wounds. This podcast is more of an invitation 
reminder and validation that feeling is vitally important. That there has never been anything wrong with you and that you are not alone in your journey and your thoughts, feelings and actions. Only when you heal your emotional wounds will you be able to step into your full power. And men don't just need to connect with their hearts. For men, it's even deeper in the body. It's first the heart, yes, but there's just so much more beyond the heart. And what I mean by that exactly, you will find out in the episodes. You will get to know many different voices of men who tell their story, way, and views. We will also deal with scientific and biological topics and connect them with spirituality. However, this will happen incidentally because our society is already too top-heavy. A healthy balance is essential, as with all things in life. I want to combine both worlds and create trust so that you can get deep into your confidence and self-love. And it's a process. I'm constantly learning to trust my masculine energy on a deeper level. Masculinity now, therefore, means for me, trust in each other. When we come together as a team, internally and externally, and balance our own polarity within ourselves, only then, in my opinion, can we make a change in the world. <laughs>